0: All right, I'm gonna pray, we've got an interesting message tonight, interesting, i wanted to share it for a few weeks, but okay, Holy Spirit, thank you. Uh, you're the one that, you're the smart one. Lord, <laughs> that's an understatement, amen. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence. We just thank you for opening our eyes. We thank you, Lord, that you're the one that teaches and imparts. We thank you, Lord. It also says, you should know the truth and knowing the truth will set you free and whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. We just thank you for that. We just thank you for eyes being open in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so tonight's connected to the Tabernacle of David but the inner world, and how significant the inner world is. And it's very easy, if I repeat something, it's easy to become familiar with something and then glaze over. Because repetition does bring revelation. So, so re- you're rarely gonna need to hear something and going, oh, I get it. You've never heard it before. You only ever retain something if you can attach it to what you already know. You can go, Amen, to something, and it's this is amazing, right? But if it's abstract, you never can make it your own. So, this is why we try, wherever possible, in the Holy Ghost to develop themes so there's something to build on. So, I want to start. Uh, firstly, we need to know God is insistent, insistent that our ways are not his ways. And our thoughts are not his thoughts, and as high as the heavens are above the earth, his ways are so different to ours. The problem is we try and make fit God into our box, and when you put God in your box, you have a small god, and it 's not it 's not really that fun, so we need to allow God to manifest how he has prescribed, and so then we can see our lives change now this is this is one that again we have brought this up before but it's a paradigm it's not a paradigm shift we need to shift into it but it's a fact because what it does it messes with time and space so let's put up luke chapter 17 jesus is insistent now when he was asked by the pharisees when the kingdom of god would come and also remember so this is the book of luke also in the book of acts is the disciples said "Hey guys, when you're going to restore the kingdom of israel this says, not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father said in His authority. Instead, why don't you obey me? Why don't you go out into all the world? So this is a slightly different question. Now, when He was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come or manifest, He answered them and said, so, 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 so they wanna know how's the kingdom gonna come? That's the question, okay? You say, well, I know that. No, but I wanna emphasize it. The specific question is, how is the kingdom gonna manifest, right? And then he said, he answered them and said, "The kingdom of God does not come with observation. You're not going to look at something external when it comes. That's that's pretty crazy. You could you could flip whole denominations, their tables. Get out and flip them, right? You can flip them everywhere. You can have a flipping good conference, okay? Flip and offend everyone. Sacred cows." <laughs> He says, it does not come with observation, but we've been taught it comes with observation. Jesus says emphatically, that's not the case. Doesn't come with observation. Nor will they say, see here nor see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Wow, this it stumbles people, because they go, it's new age, right? But it's not, it's Jesus' age, okay? And, and what happens, I would hazard to guess is this, is the new age have probably laid a hold of it more than the church has. They understand the inside out reality. And so we go, oh, it's new age. Will you tell that to Jesus? Because he's the one that said it. Now, so what you have is you have this fascinating uh, situation. Now, I'm not teaching dualism or you know, dichotomy, trichotomy, all those wonderful, boring Bible college uh, sentiments. But you go, so the kingdom of God is in you. So you go, is that geography? So right now, like this, you just, you just think of it on a very, very base level. Uh, we've got the building. Well, let's just say this is a temple, right? And we're in it, right? But when we walk out the door, we're outside. So the Bible says, if this is the temple, it says the kingdom of God is within. But we have said the kingdom of God. What we're taught is it's all outside. We're gonna get it with observation. This is so profound. Whereas other people more shrewd than the sons of light have laid a hold of something and they've mutated it and actually made it work in part. And so it's not just geography, the kingdom of God within you, it's also qualitative. I won't say that word too many times. Qualitative. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, this probably is one of the most prophetic churches anywhere. Right? it really is. But when you're overseeing Prophetic company of people. It's almost like overseeing a rock band. And you've got these two over here having a fight. These two over here, this one over here just playing scales. This one over here, listening to music. This one over here is throwing a TV out of the hotel window. This one's laying in a bath of ice seriously i'll tell you why because it's not easy to always be able to differentiate where the spirit is and human emotion because you don't get people up get up they're going thus saith the lord there's big time coming right now if you know what i mean like like it's actually got a it's like could you give that word again please sir but with some of the bit of personality right and so you have this treasure in earthen vessels. So you have humanity, subjectivity. It's a really, really big deal, because when you get a prophetic word, I remember. I mean, I've I haven't been to too many churches. Like this is, I, I'm not I'm not a church visitor. You know, and, and and shop around and and with the you know end of the year the annual. Uh, my migratory herds from church to church of the wildebeest across the savannah, you know, and seeing sort of like, what's that like? And everyone puts on their best display in January, February. And I'm not, I've never really done that. I've always been quite planted where I was. But I do remember, like you used to know, the same person would speak in tongues publicly. And then there would always, be the same person with, with interpretation, right? And the vernacular and the yea verily. Who remembers the yea verily? Because you know God can't really talk unless you weave a little bit of King Jimmy in there. <laughs> Yay, verily. <laughs> right? And so then we were taught, you get an unction, a nabi, free-flowing thought. And then what happens? You go, well, okay, there's something on this. But then they keep going on their own steam. So they do some sort of, uh, you know, like a benediction at the end. And you're like, we didn't need that so you actually have the kingdom of god within earthen vessels you've got subjectivity and how i, I want to I, I i want to emphasize tonight i don't think we understand the, the, what a big deal that god lives inside of us even in our flawed physical bodies and the souls that need to be restored by the still waters that's a profound reality because that is how the kingdom is going to manifest the question was about how will the kingdom come and Jesus brought it inside each individual believer. That is profound. That is profound because it's very confronting. So let's have a look at this, Galatians 4, 19. My little children, this is Paul in Galatians, obviously, for whom I labour in birth again until Christ is formed in you. That we know in Colossians, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we're connecting this to the tabernacle of David because your inner world is, which is quite amazing, is, are the gates and the doors that God's manifest through. Your inner world is how God manifests on the earth. Can someone say amen? It's a bit hoppy, isn't it? All right. <laughs> All right. Can someone say amen? Oh, there we go. There we go. John eleven eleven. Come forth. All right. So, okay. And so when you start to realize the privilege and the responsibility of stewarding the Lord inside of you, that's incredible. Because when something's outside, you have no control. It's, it's, it's an external locus of control. It's out there. It's like, oh, you know, these things are happening and look what's happening in the world, oh, like this. And the Lord goes, oh, no, no, no. He, say, he says, listen, don't worry about the times of the seasons. He says, but go and change the world, make disciples of the world and the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you be witnesses for me all through the, the whole regions of the earth. And so we have this treasure in earthen vessels and this is where it gets profound. Now, what I'm gonna do, I've just built a platform and a foundation. Of a, of a scripture I've always struggled with, and I find it a real challenge. Now, if you thought what I was, if you thought what I shared about suffering and, 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 and uh, um, sacrificial living, if, if that triggered you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because what I'm gonna read to you, actually, it seems like it's incongruent with the rest of the canon of scripture it's really, really interesting. Now, I'm going to give the context and I, I don't want to read the whole thing. It is the parable of the talents. It's the parable of the talents. And then you've got the, you've got the good stewards and they were, they were faithful and they actually used their talents and they multiplied them back to the Lord. and the, you know, So there's a little bit of a blending talents and, 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 and minors. It's, it's, it's basically your stewarding equity, whatever, however you want to see that. And then you have like, you've been faithful in this. I'm going to give you much, right? But then there's this one in Matthew 25. And this one's a bit of a Barry Crocker, okay? That's such an old saying. Who knows what that means? Okay, you're old. Well done. Shocker. All right. And he also, when he had received two talents, came back and said, Lord, you delivered. So there's one that had five, one had two, one had one. Uh, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, what I have gain, uh, look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done. This is Jesus' teaching of the kingdom, all right? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Now, this is crazy. I knew to be a hard man. So this 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 is what the one with one talent said to the Lord. I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, completely unreasonable, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. This is the. This is where it starts to, you know, bend your mind a bit. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, you can have it back. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right. But the Lord, but His Lord answered and said, "Wicked and lazy servant." The Lord handled him very gently. You knew. Now this is where it gets weird because He said, "I saw. I knew you're a hard man, and you expected to reap what you didn't sow." And then the Lord reiterated this as opposed to you've got the wrong impression. He didn't say you got the wrong impression of me. It says in the, in the parable here, because the parable is a supernatural parallel of, of the kingdom of heaven and it's using simile, it's using metaphors, pictures, so we can actually, that we can understand so we can trade up into a heavenly reality. You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. Who's ever read that and gone? It's, it's, it's like confronting. And, and it's like, I wanna try and, and address this. You know, how on earth are you gonna t- tie this into the tabernacle of David? I'm gonna give it a red hot go. All right. So what you have here is instead of, and it's, again, we sang that as a tag tonight, um, fear got him so badly, because he said he was afraid, that instead of on earth as it is in heaven, he, he actually manifested, uh, he wanted in heaven as it is in earth. So his fear actually, okay. Okay. His unredeemed mindset projected onto God. His unredeemed mindset projected onto God and created a false image of God that defrauded him out of his destiny. So he actually said, you're a hard man. I don't, I don't read, I understand. Uh, it talks about the goodness and the severity of God. I understand It talks. Uh, uh, you know, he is holy, but he's love and he's gracious and he's patient. He's never a hard man. That's, an, that's almost an anthropomorphism. So if you don't know what an anthropomorphism is, it's actually taking something that's not human with giving it human qualities, right? Anthropomorphic. And so, so you got here is that he was so gripped with fear, not, he actually didn't use what he had and because he projected his fear onto God and made a false image and defrauded himself out of his destiny. And so fear is one of the big ones, one of the big ones. And so I've heard it said that we don't see the world as it is, we see it as we are. Because we just think we see things as they are. Nothing could be further from the truth. Here's Here's another one, this is not mine. We are conformed to the image we have of God. Can you imagine, now again, this is not theology, it's not doctrine. This is your resting default state of subconscious. So for me, it, 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 I've, had to, I've had to before the Lord really allow the Holy Spirit to change my inner world. I love my parents. I praise God for my parents. But right to, 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 to Daryl, my dad actually said, <laughs> he said, Todd pretty much, we didn't even raise Todd. He raised himself. So again, I've told you, I'm extremely organic, free range, okay? So, so when you're meant to have boundaries, communication, building, discipline, uh, affirmation. And what that did is that without realising it, is that I, whenever I couldn't feel God, I thought He didn't care. I thought He was distant. And my inner world created an image of God that just wasn't true. Isn't that profound? And it took me time and time and time before the Lord until the Father, rays of light, were able to break through those structures of protection, structures of identity that had nothing to do with the work of the Spirit. Because unless I had had that change on the inside, I would have just gone subconsciously. You see, you only really are what you ask in your subconscious. See, when you put the work in to renew your mind, it's got to get in your subconscious and as a man thinks in his heart, so they are. Everyone can do behaviour modification. That will wear off real quick. It's called dating. If you see something during dating, to be like, Ooh, like this. Okay, I'm gonna give you an example. I've got, a, I've got a philosophy when I go shopping. I only buy it if I really, really, really like it. Because if I... If I like the cut, but not really the colour, and I'm sort of like, yeah, but it's on sale, but I don't really like it, but I sort of do, but it's a bargain. If I have any questioning, I'll never wear it. And I know there's no one in this building that have, has clothes they've bought that they've never worn. It's the same with, 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 like with because when you're, when you're, when you're um, um, courting someone, you're gonna see the best side. But if, and if, it's, and, 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 and if you're not, <laughs> because what happens at the end of the day, see, see, see behaviour modification, you can't, you've got people going to church. They have their behaviour modification church face. Uh, 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 the way they posture themselves, it's not real and no change happens and it's just a big fake club. Whereas if we gave ourselves over to God and allow Him to change our subconscious, we actually start to get the true image of God being built on the inside of us until Christ is fully formed. Because the the, the man in that parable, he actually created a false God that changed his destiny and it manifested laziness. Now, laziness is a full-on thing, right? Some of you guys, you go, man, I have got up to some serious wickedness. And you go, and, 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 and I'll go, spare me the detail. Right, and you can be all, a whole plethora of things that are sort of like, like this. But if you're diligent, number one, you're forgiven in Christ, you're forgiven. But then you sow rubbish in your life. If you're diligent, you'll be fine. But the lazy person, not much hope. If you're lazy, you'll never overcome. And bearing the talent is laziness, but it comes out of fear. So what we have is we've got an inner world reality, the kingdom reality, projecting a false image and defrauding us out of our destiny. That is profound. And so a painful object lesson I had, you guys know this, I'll really skim over the details. Had my Bible, took the day off, not day off, it was, just, it was a Monday, it was, I was after service, uh, was a big, big uh, Sunday. So I'm gonna seek the Lord this morning, got my Bible out, yeah! I'm gonna get into it, I'm gonna fast, yeah! This is, this is probably maybe 10 years ago. I'm gonna get into it. And I just like, I didn't feel the grace to do it. So I just thought, I just sort of like, you know, if you can't hear from God, you, of course you go to Facebook. So, so I like this, oh, boring, don't care, nice coffee. Like this, oh, I better read that Bible. And it was like it was speaking to me. And the more it spoke to me, the more I felt paralyzed. And I'm like, uh, 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 this is my day to break through like this. Okay, all right, right. And then you create all these false deadlines. I oh, will in half an hour, you know. And then half an hour comes and it's sort of very confronting, right. And you've got this magical thinking, like, well, 45 minutes is close to half an hour, right. And then it's sort of like, and you get more and more paralysed. And this went on for like three hours. And I went, this is too hard. I'm going to go out and grab a bite to eat. I like a day set aside to seek the Lord. I barely opened my Bible. And in complete condemnation, I open up my Bible for maybe 10 minutes at the end. And the whole time I'm reading through a filter of you are so useless. And it's like, and then I went and I, feel fail, I felt like a failure, you know, and i come under attack. So that was a rubbish day. The next day, the next day, as soon as I woke up, the Lord was in the room. Jesus was in the room. And my first thing was, Lord, what are you doing here? What do you, mean? should be hallelujah, right this. So like, what are you doing here? I had the worst day yesterday. And he, he gave me a painful object lesson, right? He said this, he said, Todd, I do not live in your emotions. I'm transcended to your emotions. That's you, that's not me. And I realized I was stuck in my own prison and we actually have to know what it is to not be stuck. We need to see the Lord formed inside of us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The kingdom of heaven isn't out there. Now what happens if enough people, well, if enough people, I find this fascinating. So if you were to do like do a graphic and so the Holy Spirit fell, he, he preached the gospel and the Holy Spirit fell. So just like it was a blanket fell out of the air. I find it interesting that in, in a Catherine Kuhlman meeting, you get people to go and get healed and then the Lord would touch unsaved people. Like I remember there's one, a guy was blind and he got his eyes opened. This person next to him is probably a faithful servant of the Lord and they didn't get healed. And so you got, it's not just a blanket thing. What happens is that we all have an individual realm or a dimension around us because you can have someone going, wow, that was great tonight. And someone go, it was awful. And yet the same information went out. This is what's fascinating, is that we're always going the external locus of control, the kingdom of heaven is happening, da, da, da all this sort of stuff. All I know is this, there are things happening in the world that are terrible, they're rotten, and there's injustice. But the minute we get properly calibrated in fullness in our own lives, the devil doesn't have a chance. Can someone say amen? He doesn't have a chance. And so that, 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 those inner, those inner uh, 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 filters, they're hectic. You know, like, uh, okay, so rhetorical question, don't need a show of hands, but for anyone who's bought a new car, you buy a new car, or you want a new car, right? Or a different car. And then somehow supernaturally, it's like you start to see the car you've just bought everywhere. I see them everywhere, it's a prophetic sign. Maybe not. Or a car you want, see them everywhere, right? But you've actually set a filter You've set a filter. God can show things supernaturally and whatever. You know, um, you know people go, really? is it a filter? Or, Oh, Lord, I want a Porsche filter. Anyway, so, so you have this, this inner world is, is really, really hectic. I don't think we understand. We undervalue our inner world development. This is why the internship is indispensable. Because if you've got stuff in here you haven't dealt with, it actually stops anything manifesting externally. It's so profound. Christ in you, the hope of glory, until Christ is fully formed. So, also as well is that. So, when we we, when we don't understand this, what this is, we go. I feel. We go. We go. I feel bad. I woke up. I feel bad today. So God must be unhappy with me. This this is profound. Is someone just got you know? Maybe a demon kicked you in the chops as you're waking up. Maybe there's a spirit of heaviness in the room. Or maybe you're just a bit cold before the Lord. Who knows? But because of this inner world, we've instantly interpreted that God is unhappy with us. And that's a projection. That's a projection. Because you know what? For, for, for those here who've had brilliant, a brilliant father or a brilliant, brilliant parent, and they're not even a, a, a fragment of a little toenail of how good God is, that He's constantly, He's steadfast, He is love, He is faithful, even when when we deny Him, He cannot deny Himself. So you start to see most of the stuff we go through is a subjective projection. And what we do, we get stuck in that projection like the parable of the talents, and all of a sudden we create a world of fear or world of disassociation or withdrawal or, or, or avoidance or fight or flight or whatever it is, and it's not, nothing to do with the Lord, it's actually our inner world that can change our destiny. Okay, trigger, trigger, trigger. And so what you have is that you have, says, on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, you are blessed, you are blessed. And so we, when we worship, we connect with heaven, and when we connect with heaven more and more and more, you realise that you can have what already is. So then you realise it's not out there, it's in here and you can start to build it, build it. Jesus says, whatever things you ask for, when you pray, you must believe you have received them and you'll have them. So you've got, you got, you got books like The Secret. I don't subscribe to that. That was a huge hit, but I don't, I don't subscribe to it. It's a mutation of a truth. Dale Carnegie, all those guys, Power of Positive Thinking, Anthony Roberts, all those guys, but you know what? They are going after more than most of the church. Most of the church going, it's all external, and, and, and I'm going to ask God and belief. But I've received it. So, in other words, He has to travel across 12 trillion light years and get it inside of me. And the Lord says, "No, you already have. You, you, in Christ, you already have it." That's that's really, really challenging because it goes against the five senses. But it's the kingdom of God, and so so much of what we do is actually a projection. Talking about, you know, let, let me take the log out of your Let me take the, 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 the speck out of your eye. That's a projection in that case. We are called to judge, but judge righteously. And Jesus is meant, to, is meant to judge. It's just a fact of life. So we need a place for all this stuff to land. So Holy Ghost, here we go. This is fascinating. Uh, Psalm 18, please. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless, you'll show yourself blameless. Uh, uh, um, to the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. Isn't that fascinating? God manifests himself to people as people see themselves. Does that blow your mind? And you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to, it's a really, really interesting one. And so God Our inner filters color how we see everything including God and He will enter our gates. We're talking about entering His gates. He will enter our gates even though they're crooked and half hanging off the hinges. Because if He speaks too far out of your paradigm, Jesus said this to the disciples, I had many things to tell you. Many more things but you can't bear them. So God literally condescends. He condescends, He comes to our level and says stuff, but we've got to make sure that we're always growing and ascending and we don't just make sure He's always got to condescend to us like that. And so our, our bandwidth is actually one of the things that manifest things. So God says like this, let's put it back. To the merciful you'll show yourself merciful. Uh, you know what, it's like, I have like seriously, I've been in the Lord for maybe 30 years. I have mellowed. I have mellowed. I've matured. Right? But man, I see something, I'll get angry. And the Lord goes, Do you need my mercy? I went, Yeah. (laughs) You get really annoyed. And the amount of time you see people complaining about things they have in their life. It's hilarious. No, it's not. You know what, like the two people that, 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 my son and my father, can you see a theme? And it's like, like uh, my boy will do something and I'm a bit sort of like, oh, yeah, and, the, and, the, and God the Father goes, I yeah, not don't, don't you do that. Or, or my dad will do something. And I really pick up on the things that are in my life because I'm somehow projecting something, it's a filter. So he says, To the merciful, you show yourself merciful. To the blameless man, you'll show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. That's childlikeness. But this last one is this. Here's a, Houston, we have a problem. I believe in the Western mindset, deep in our marrow, in our deep tissue, is this. Think business. How much money can I make for as least work as possible? How can I get the best grades at school with doing the least study? How can I, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then many of the subconscious now, now people go, oh, that's a bit accusatory like this. No, 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 it's self-evident. How can I get in the place with God by doing the absolute bare minimum? And with a devious, you will show yourself shrewd. How can I hack into spiritual law and get my breakthrough? And what happens doesn't work because God says, Give me your whole heart. See, this is where the tabernacle of David, we are worshiping God just for the heaven of it. It's not a prayer meeting, it is being extravagant and pure and blessing the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So you have this case where people are trying to do the bare minimum. People go, oh, I'm not really good at prayer. Well, become good. I really struggle with this. Become good, develop it. What other skills in your life you had to develop? I've had to develop skills. And so this is profound because to the pure, he shows himself pure. You you you, You want faith, be faithful. Now, this is not a dead works program, I'm not saying that. But there's something very, very powerful of laying a hold of what is in heaven and manifesting it here, laying a hold of it here, building it here. You are, if you if you develop that childlike, wow, God, you're so good. You watch your life change. You do it till it gets in your subconscious. There's no behavior modification. How can I do the you know because laziness, wicked and lazy servant. And this is why we are why I believe the tabernacle of David, firstly, it's in Amos, has prophesied it has to happen. And then in the Jerusalem Council in the book of Acts chapter 15 says it has to happen for the ingathering of the Gentiles. You know, think about the ingathering of the Gentiles. People don't just wake up having breakfast and go, I must be saved. What church can I join? Think about the angelic involvement and open heavens that has to manifest for people's hearts to change to come to the Lord. When we worship, a lot more is happening than we're feeling at the time. When you come here, Tabernacle of David, you are activating something and giving, not just permission, but you're creating pathways for heaven to invade earth. And there's no strings attached. This is why we're very big. No preaching, no no prayer, nothing. Minister, you can pray anytime you want to. But it's Tabernacle of David, it's that constant worship. And it breaks that spirit of a poverty spirit. This, This chair here is about extravagance, okay? There's only two people that sat in that, Jesus and Catherine Ruinala. And so, <laughs> everyone's looking at me at the time. That's funny. But but, but what happens is that it's, it's a bergerade chair, which is a shepherd's chair and it's called Royal Beauty and it was down at 333 Unleater Road Monastery Furniture. The Lord says, I want a symbol of extravagance. But what happens, we want extravagance. I'm like, nice stuff, Lord. But what happens is we don't, Give to Him extravagantly as a living sacrifice. See, you do that and you're not the wicked and lazy full of fear, it breaks those paradigms and that extravagance starts to get mirrored back to you. Who knows this is a good preach? You start to give it to Him and start to, I thank you, I bless you like this. And then the light starts to come in and you get overwhelmed. You think about what's the thing that stops prayer being answered? Probably unbelief, an unbelief that's fueled and stoked by anxiety disappointment, heaviness. You do this, that gets broken. You're literally walking in heavenly dimensions. I've starred in that movie. It is an awesome, awesome movie. And so let's do this, First John 4:17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that while we have boldness, uh, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. So you go, it's, it's easy. It's like, what we have is it's the same thing. Christ in you, the hope of glory, this treasure in earthen vessels. The person who didn't go through this process was afraid, created a false God, forfeited his destiny. But the Lord says, He says, uh, he says uh, uh, as He is, so are we. Now, I must admit like, so I've been in the Lord for a long time now. And um, sometimes I, go, I wonder, I go, am I? I wonder if this is, Who's, you know, I do want to see a show of hands. Whoever wonders when they do something, whether it's going to be wood, hay, wood, hay stubble, or gold, silver, precious stones. Who's ever had that thought? Come on. You wonder, because you know, I'm not going to be like, all of a sudden it's sort of like, wow, see all this energy? It's going to burn up one day. It's going to count for nothing. You're got to be a bit stupid. right? Now, I'm not saying that's just necessarily, it's, it's who am I in heaven, but you, Lord, you're my portion. Okay, I understand that you're my, shield my, my, my exceedingly great reward. But, you wanna know how saying before, sin has been judged. If you are in Christ, you will not be judged for sin. It actually says your life, how much you've yielded to the Lord and He's done through you that can stand through the, the, the fire of holiness and scrutiny. And so, so you go, as He is, so are we in this world. So we have boldness in the day of judgment. Can you imagine like, like, like this, this is the apostles, right? They weren't afraid to die because they said, we're gonna kill you this way." And they go, can you make it a bit worse? Serious. And they went weirdos, right? All of them go, I have boldness in the day of judgment because it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. He, he's been fully formed in me. You start to see that and you go, wow. But if you feel if you, if sorry for yourself and a bit miserable and this and this, you haven't seen the Lord and you're not allowing the Lord to be fully formed. But I had to, because the way I was brought up is my parents were, uh, uh, <clears throat> I mean, again, my childhood statements obviously date me, which is an obvious thing, and I don't care. But what I remember the cars, right, they had the bench seats, right, and it's three on the tree, never four on the floor, right? No seat belts. I was born before there were seat belts. And so what would happen is that for me, I could a deep sleeper, my parents would go to a party, Right now, back then, I'm just t- telling. You, I know you got. Wait, wait, this is a different generation. People are shocked. There's a. Di- this is just you, you got. The what I'm going to tell you now is that, is that you're probably going to feel almost feel like I'm swearing at you, but this is a fact. This used to happen. People all the time used to drink and drive. <gasps> Racist, sexist, transphobic. We come such a bunch of snowflakes. Now, I'm not suggesting you take that up as a lifestyle because that might not work out. But it was a common thing. So my parents would go to a party and they'd put me in a room. This is the baby seat. They'd put me in a room like this. I'd have a bunch of toys on the bed and go. Krush. And then they'd put me in the, in the, in the, the um, back bench seat as they swerved all around the road on the way home. And I remember as a kid, and who, now, who's ever had a seat? You actually know when you're getting closer to home because you've recognised the certain trees and street lights. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <coughs> they, they had a good, they had a good. We're in a completely different era now. Right? We're in a completely different era. And it's like but what that did, that that casualness impacted my inner world. Right? They weren't toxic or bad parents, okay? That impacted my inner world like God's a bit, so he's off doing something else in a part of his kingdom He's he says his eyes on the sparrow. His, his thoughts towards you are more than the grains of sand on all the beaches in the world. That's how, many, that's how much God is thinking about you. You know when someone gets a word of knowledge or God touches you and you tear up, you're going, God's even thinking about me? We're not talking theology. We're talking, it hits you that God is thinking about you now. He's thinking about you with concern and love. And he's, he's got plans to, to give you a future and a hope. And that's what had to, ha- had to happen. That created my inner world and a God of indifference, actually I projected that and it caused me to run. This is why we have to deal with the inner world. So why, this, why, this, why are we ty- tying this in? Um, oh yes, so we behold him, we start to become like him. We have gotta be careful what we listen to because it gets multiplied back, all right? Be careful what you listen to, it says in Mark, uh, I believe Mark four. And so then he starts to grow on the inside of us. So we have, we have the David's tabernacle. Why is this such a big deal? Because as we start to focus on something, we keep fo- focusing on something until it grows. Can we pull on Psalm, 40, uh, Psalm 34, please? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord the humble should hear of it and be glad oh magnify the lord with me and let let us exalt his name together so the psalmist is going i will bless the lord at all times i mean that's a big commitment you want god's glory you want your life changed do that do that i chose this when i was 28 and I have more intense seasons than others because we forget. You know, you forget stuff. That's why God says always remember. Bring, do this in remembrance. Why? Because we forget. That's why what happens is that is it don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the habit of some, but even more as you see the day approaching. Is it, is it coming to church? Oh, I read this really interesting thing. This is uh, on social media recently. Is that, <laughs> some of you guys might dispute this. <laughs> is they looked at statistics, and attending church actually meant com- completely like, like the, the incidences of mental health issues and all these different things are so much more compounded. We're not even we're not even being joining a church or even being a Christian It's just going to church, being in God's presence, right? Regardless, it wasn't a Pentecostal survey, it wasn't a charismatic, it was just in general. When you come together, is that iron sharpens iron? Iron sharpens iron. Do you know what? I really love being married. And there's a lot of good reasons to love being married. But one of them is this, is that when you're married, you're accountable for any BS that comes out your mouth. Because when people start getting lost in their own world, they start to exaggerate, then the exaggeration becomes fact, and then they embellish it, and next thing they're in fantasy, and they're in a bad path. I have seen that. But when you're married to someone, they say, Ah, uh, Rachel and I never correct. We, we actually don't correct each other in front of people. Uh, but that's it, it, a bad thing. You know, you, you, if you want to fight, correct your spouse in front of someone. That's not true right, you're on. <laughs> but there's something about iron sharpening iron. Because if you just, if you, the river of your emotion was just to flow off somewhere, who knows, you, you you could completely miss it, right? And so this is why marriage is so important. And then you, when you get together and you exalt the Lord together, there's something really powerful. But here the word exalt means this. It's the same word. Is God said, Abraham, I'm gonna make your name great. It means I'm gonna enlarge him gonna become famous. It's gonna have huge swathes of territory. It's gonna go multi-generational. It's the same words for magnifying. Lord, I will magnify. I will magnify your name. I will magnify you. This is powerful because you can, the Word of God is so powerful, you can have a very, very little working knowledge of who the Lord is and not many encounters. But when you engage Him in an atmosphere, even corporate, private as well, with melody, he starts to bring revelation. You go extravagantly praise him. You know? And said, let us magnify the Lord together. And this is really, really powerful. And the same thing. Uh, and to increase, to multiply. Let's go to Luke chapter chapter one. <clears throat> and Mary said, once once the the, 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 the uh, Elizabeth prophesied over her, this is crazy. Like were well, these guys' prophets, the spirit of God come, they just start prophesying. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Saviour. And the word is megaluno, megaluno. And it means to make great, to declare, to increase, to enlarge, to show great. And so one of the things is this, is that, uh, now, Liz, I'm going to give you a scripture to sh- throw in there, right? But don't put it up yet. Wait till I give you the, the thumbs up. Isaiah 56:10 to 12 is quite strong. Now, I wanna explain something. Part of my calling, so it's Isaiah 56, 10 to 12. Part of my calling is a watchman. It just is, and I'm not gonna make any bones about that. I probably sometimes I'd speak for five to seven minutes out of a 50, 60 minute message, right? What happens is it can unsettle people. And then what what it does is we, we magnify the wrong thing. Is it in the context? In case you're wondering, things happening in the world are really disturbing. And I'll just give a little bit of context. But if we go away and we think about you, we've got all these scriptures quoted, all these solutions, the anointing there, prophetic insight, but oh my gosh, what Joe Biden is doing, we're magnifying. So we need to make a differentiation between receiving a warning or information and magnifying something. Got to make sure that we understand The differentiation. And because of what we have, is we have stuff happening in history and the church doesn't have much to say about it. And I don't see that in the prophets. I don't see it in scripture. There's always, and doesn't mean doesn't mean this is a, like a current affairs. You know, I'm getting up here and news flash and, you know, instead of the nightly news, you know, you come to the church. It's not that. But it's got to give context. Because what you have is the sons of Issachar understood what the seasons were. I believe, there's a, I believe we're in a season of mobilization. I believe we're in a season of, 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 of mobilizing and we mobilize first in the presence of God who trains my hands forward and my fingers for battle. You go, couldn't we have done this in 2018? Yeah, we could have, but now there's a pressing urgency. Okay, the pressing urgency. So here's an interesting one. So that's part of my calling, but this, we're not meant to magnify this per se. Okay, because I, I have to research and look at things and go, that's really unpleasant and quite disturbing. But also too, for me, it informs my intercession. So let's have a look at this one. Isaiah 56, 10 to 12. This is a, this is a crowd pleaser, Darrell. I thought you'd like that. His watchmen are blind. <laughs> they are all ignorant. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, living to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs which never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own Way Everyone for his own gain from his own territory. Come, one says, I will bring wine and we will fill ourselves with intoxicating drink. Now this is the fascinating one. Tomorrow will be as today. What's the last bit? And much more abundant. Tomorrow, so all the days are the same. And what happens, that last statement juxtaposes or is actually against the grain of reality. Not every day is the same. We're in a season. So there has to be a level of of mobilizing, but we don't have to magnify the mobilizing. We have to magnify the Lord. Can someone say Amen? We at least got to give people the information. Okay, here we go. Landing the plane. <coughs> huh. Just let's do Psalms 100, verse 4. I love this. I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So entering in. Entering his gates and courts, his gates and courts, his gates and courts. Entering in. So when you, this is really fascinating. When you magnify the Lord. Now this is, this is pretty amazing. That they got bitten by, you know, fiery serpents for doing the wrong thing. And then there was, a, you know, there was a bit of carnage. And then God said to Moses, make a bronze serpent and put it on a staff. And whoever would look at it will get healed. That's Amazing. Do you know what we've lost the ability? Now, Now, I'm going I'm to draw a line under this. If this is all you ever develop in your life, you've won. We've lost the ability to focus. We're flipping hopeless. We're hopeless. You know, we're going down to a movie length, to a, to a cartoon length, to a real length, to a TikTok length. It's shocking. We have lost the ability to focus. If you cannot focus, you cannot magnify the Lord. So one of the things, when we come here and praise the Lord, we're building that muscle. We're working out. We're working out. Let's just say you hit a flat spot. You're like this, you're going, oh, that song's amazing. I'm like this. The next one's a bit like. Then you've got to somehow continue to engage the Lord. Then the next one. Is he worthy, is he worthy? You know, you build that muscle. We, we don't know how to focus anymore. See, and then what happens? Then we blame the Lord. He's not moving yet. No, the church ain't moving. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You already have all things. This is why whatever, whatever you ask for, that's all folks, whatever things you ask for in prayer, you must believe you have received them, you have them. This is what's so cool about it, that inner world, now, why is, magna, why is magnifying the Lord so powerful? I'll tell you why. You are made out of the same stuff as God. Not just his image. You're partakers of divine nature, according to 2 Peter 1. God's a creator. You're a creator. You create. If you are a complainer, a negative, a criticizer with an orphan spirit, you will create darkness. This is why the tabernacle of David was so powerful, we get our eyes off of that and we start to bring in, the angels bring in circuit breakers, circuit breakers. And you actually, you start to magnify the Lord and you start to give extravagantly. And then you start to trade in extravagance to the point where worship becomes an end in itself because God's seeking those who worship, He's looking for worshipers in spirit and in truth and and, and hidden, Within the Great Commission is the Tabernacle of David. And it's, 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 about, it's about not getting caught up in your own belly button and stuck in your own prism and your own matrix. It's actually like beholding Him. Because I know we've only been going for a, a couple of weeks or whatever it is. I'll tell you what, I have a different encounter every time. Every time. I, I was listening to me and Daryl listening to a song about uh, holiness uh, from one of the revivals. We played it in the angels of the Lord come in the room, it was awesome. I went home and played that song in the car and I just started meditating on God's holiness and I saw something I've never seen before because in this season we are being mobilised but we've got to understand that inner world. And so you go, what is the difference between magnifying the Lord, okay? So you've got an object that's a distance away and you magnify it, it's, it actually gets closer and closer to you can read the fine. you see the detail, all right? What's the difference between magnifying the Lord or actually going there? Wouldn't it be interesting is focusing on the Lord actually brought you to Him? Like entering His gates for thanksgiving, His courts for praise. Wouldn't it be fascinating is by building the, the ability to, for sustained focus, you actually had more encounters. doesn't matter because just magnifying will bring that closer to you anyway. So this is why this is why you're seeing around the world the tabernacle of David being rebuilt. Isn't that amazing? That's what shut down in 2020. And then what happens? You go, you go like this. You go, we want to hack into spiritual laws and go. Well, I need to pray. I need breaks like this. No, 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 no. You can't do anything outside the presence of God. Good luck. Good luck confessing your way. I've tried. <laughs> I have. It's mechanical. You end up hating it. I've gone to, I, 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 like, like this power in the word, this part of me, I've I've really <laughs> I have I have I've gone to sleep with healing scriptures on. And then in the middle of the night something in me goes, Will you shut up? And I turn it off. <laughs> no one else is like that here, I know. I'm special but when you actually worship the Lord, something changes. (laughs) I've to the word at at, at infinitum. There's no nauseam. It's infinitum. Let's finish with with this last bit. Moses wanted to see God's glory. Can we put the uh, pads on please? That'd be great. (laughs) And he said, please show me your glory. God goes, I will. Yep, please show me your glory. (laughs) Next one. Then he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. He's a good God. He is a good God. And so we might warn and admonish and exhort and all those other old fashioned words you don't understand. But most of all, we have to magnify the Lord. I'll come, let us magnify the Lord together because He is good. He is good. i tell you what, can you imagine like, like what we're doing? Can you imagine if it got picked up by hundreds of millions across the world? You Like, like, like oh yeah, let's go there. All right. It's gonna be a good day for the interns tomorrow. Don't miss it. Okay. I reckon I have a theory. that the biggest signpost for the manifestation of the Kingdom of God on the earth is God's people. It's got nothing to do with the Euphrates, nothing to do with Bitcoin, nothing to do with Henry Kissinger or his love child, Elon Musk. External, external, right? I believe the enemy has deployed chronic delaying tactics and through sleepy zombie believers. They just accept things and one day, one day, and I believe we could be part of a generation that hastens the manifestation of the Kingdom of God on the earth. Who believes that? Come on, to hasten it. Because I had a vision, we did the pop-up rally. No, I like this, this is a cool story. I went, I, 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 we did a, a, a political rally and then everything's closed and I had the munchies. Emily met me at a Mexican place uh, real classy place was in a service station <clears throat> anyway and so sitting eating there we're just chatting and all of a sudden the cloud turns up the cloud of the Lord and what happens is it is I went oh my gosh and I saw something I saw everything's been stretched out and she, she actually saw the, the cloud she goes she saw it I, I saw her inside of her She's, we, we both saw the similar thing Is that that's crazy isn't it I saw things stretched out you know what these legislations, these evil things happening on the earth, from Epstein Island. Epstein Island is, 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 is small potatoes compared to what's really happening. These legislation everywhere. This aversion uh, to both. That, at least they missed the algorithm. We've got to watch out for this aversion to both. It's terrible. <laughs> it's aversion to both. Is it sort of like, in your face, Zuckerberg. Anyway, so, and, yeah, yes. We're gonna go on the Mork for Wife. <laughs> do you know what this does? Opens up the gates of hell, gets God's people more out of position. They're not ready. They couldn't, the church wouldn't be ready to receive Christ. You can't do the tabernacle of David. You can't see the King of glory. Baby steps. We're just too hyper-consumer and too passive and too caught up in our own ways. Ooh, got a bit. <laughs> so I believe time's been stretched out. Can you imagine if the world just got a hold of the tabernacle of David and people just, just out of purity worship the Lord? I mean, you got what happened in Kentucky. You got another dozen places. This is, this, is, this is the beginning of something incredible. I don't know, there's been some outpouring in Uganda, you know, it's anecdotal, but hey, come on, I'm into it. But they're doing it in, in, in Sunshine Coast. They, they've opened their building, the Hagans, and they haven't shut it. They got people come at nighttime. they they got the whole thing in Leviticus, never let the flame go out. I wanna encourage you in this season, meet with God. Meet with the Lord. I come here, I'm a bit smoked, I worship. I don't come, I'm not ministering. Don't even come up, don't come up to me saying, I have a dream, can you interpret it? Don't do it. I'm like this, I'll be like this. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> Is He worthy? Is He worthy? Oh. Sorry. <laughs> We're not going to do it. <laughs> oh sorry (laughs) that's a bit much get your communion all right (laughs) get your communion Wife, all right. (laughs) Okay, (sighs) Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. It says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come so come quickly Lord Jesus I just thank you Lord that we are the gates and the doors Lord we just bless your holy name just bless your holy name just bless your holy name Holy Ghost God you're so good bless this commune to our body in Jesus name Amen this is anecdotal but I'm going to read it anyway this is by a guy on Twitter with words I don't understand because he's obviously Turkish regarding the earthquake. And after 112 hours under the ruins, this five-year-old child was questioned by journalist A Habara, are you hungry? He answered and I quote, sometimes but someone dressed in white came to feed me and give me water. While he's underneath, that would come, that would come through an intercessor. God's so good guys, he's so good. I know Dan brings some very, very interesting skill set to the, to the table and it's gonna be a great time but he, he's dealt with people with kids who've been through extreme darkness and programming and when there's complete darkness kids consistently say the man dressed in white comes and visits me you get that Tabernacle of David happening around the world you have visitation around the world. From Mecca to Washington, goodness knows they need it more. But we start to do that. I'll tell you what, it's all over, friends. Let's be that generation, amen? Let's be that generation. Just be, minister extravagantly to the Lord. Come on, just give the Lord a shout, come on.